Hello everybody and welcome back to Chelsea Overseas. Today I am back again as I join Adam. Today we will recap Chelsea's draw with Burnley and preview two big matches against Costa Rica and Mexico in the international break. So I say let's get right into it. First, let's talk about the Chelsea versus Burnley game. It was obviously a draw, 1-1. Chelsea played great. Unfortunately, we couldn't finish all of our chances and it ended in a draw. What should have been a win? Ended in a draw. Whatever. What were your thoughts on the performance? Well, in terms of the performance, it was the performance was was really good. Um, you can't take anything away from that. The result disappointing. Um, you you have to beat Burnley at home. I think those those are definitely points lost, and and that sucks. But the the performance was good. I had talked about last week the. Um, Burnley's just style of play in terms of they're very direct uh, in terms of getting those balls to the front two and then picking up the second balls and they're, they they uh, like to put a lot of balls into the box, depend on set pieces. Chelsea dealt with all that really well. Burnley didn't create much other than the goal they scored. They didn't create anything other than the goal they scored. So they limit, Chelsea limited their set pieces. They basically isolated that front two. Um, they won a lot of those second balls. They dominated in midfield. And in possession, they created so many chances. Um, the, the midfield was, was amazing. And the front three did a really good job of just penetrating that Burnley back line and getting in behind them. And we created so much. We just couldn't finish the the two wing backs were causing Burnley so many problems and stretching that defense and everything was there for Chelsea to win the game but it was really one of those it was one of those it was one of those you see when you play FIFA where you dominate the whole game and and don't win it and you just never score um really quickly did you say we didn't create chances apart from the one Burnley we didn't create anything apart from the one they scored oh, we yes. created a yeah. lot <laughs> yes, we created so many. Um, yeah, we definitely dominated the game. We had so many chances. Hudson Adoy right at the beginning of the game had two shots on target, or or, or one shot and then another one that was really close. I thought that was going to be in for sure, but a keep, the keeper was going off. I don't honestly say he was the man of the match. Burnley's these keeper. <laughs> this guy made so many saves. Yeah, and uh, I'm I've been a fan of Nick Pope for a while and I think he should be, get more call-ups with England not really as a starter more as to be in the squad uh, but that, that's just my opinion but yeah he was great he was the man of the match and and you know that's the thing listen Chelsea have won so many of these games where they've been dominate they've they've been dominant they haven't scored a second goal but the defense has been so resilient that they've been able to get through it with a clean sheet, winning a lot of games 1-0. Yeah. But, you know, there's going to be times occasionally where football just happens and things just don't turn out. I mean, look at the Brentford game three weeks ago. We probably shouldn't have won that game against Brentford, and, and somehow we did, thanks to Edward Mendy. But... Then this game, we totally dominate it, and we don't win it. And really, we only have ourselves to blame in terms of the finishing. But we were 
unfortunate. It's the old Chelsea we've always known. We can never finish, but I mean, to be fair, we also didn't have Lukaku, so. That is true. And you would have feasted. We didn't have Werner, right? No. Yeah. I think. How do you think they've been doing without uh, Werner and um, Lukaku? Do you think they would have made a difference in this game? Well, I think Lukaku would have made a difference. Um, I think you, as much as I think you 100% you miss Lukaku, just that clinical edge in front of goal. And we've seen it over the last few games where they haven't been as clinical. I think the fact that we had so many chances, but we just kept like getting them on target and the keeper would save it or just barely off target. I think Lukaku is most dominant in that sort of area where he can, where you can rely on him for that finishing. Yeah. In that 18 yard box, he is incredible. But, and so, but I think we miss Werner too, a little bit too, in terms of like creating chances and uh, penetrating defenses and runs in behind. He always gives you that. So you do miss something when when Werner's out. Uh, I think Lukaku, though, was a really big one this weekend. So who did Chelsea play for the last two games, or at least against... Um, who did Chelsea play up top against uh, the top the last two games, or at least against Bernie? Well, Kai Bernie. Havertz has been the striker these past games. Yeah. Um, which he, I think he's played well. By the Hudson way, Hudson Adoy has been playing up top, or is he midfield? Uh, he's been playing on the left of the front three. Right. Okay. Which which uh, he's been great. Uh, him and Kai have really stepped up over this stretch, and I have to. I, I think overall, obviously, this isn't a great result. Um, disappointing one. Disappointed with it, but you have to really hand it to Chelsea from October international break to November international break where they had seven matches which they should win and um, they they did fairly well they came out with six wins and a draw sometimes when you, you know we've seen in past years in the Premier League where you have a stretch like this and it looks like you should go on a run but then you drop some points unexpectedly Chelsea took care of business over this stretch and that's a sign of consistency and that's a sign of a good team really yeah for sure I think uh, you're very right about the consistency. It's very key in football. Um, so Chelsea is obviously st still three points at the top of the Premier League against all other teams, which is definitely great results. We saw the... Was it this last weekend or the previous weekend where Man City and Liverpool both flopped? Yeah, that was the previous weekend. This weekend, yeah. only Liverpool flopped. Right. Well, you, you love to see it for Chelsea. But... Yeah, definitely some great results for for the boys. Uh, we are one win ahead and ahead of Man City, which is fantastic because you don't often see Man City not being first. So is there anything else you'd like to cover against the Burnley game? Uh, I think we got everything with the Burnley game. I think I'm really happy that we're three points top of the Premier League table. It's been a wonderful start to the season uh, in the Premier League. It's been amazing. And I can really have no complaints complaints about that. Um, thank you to Kurt Zuma, uh, who scored it for West Ham against Liverpool. Great header. Um, what a game, too. Uh, West Ham are the real deal. So, yeah. Um, I'm really happy after 11 games. And this is, for me, a three-horse race between City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. So it's game on. Yep, for sure. 
We see Chelsea has been added into the mix, which is great news for us because it's always Man City or um, Liverpool for top one or two and then Chelsea or something for third or fourth, right? Yeah, it's been the case over the past few years, but Chelsea are back. Chelsea are back for sure. I might have very well been wrong about their placement in the Premier League because I thought they were going to be a Champions League team again. But I was very well proven to be wrong. Either way, we'll be back uh, talking about Chelsea next week as they will be playing Leicester in the following weekend. Um, I say let's get right into Canada, though. I'm very excited. After the last game was such a blast. As you guys remember, Adam and I were there in person, and it was an experience and a half. We saw Fonzie score a beautiful goal, the best goal I think I'll ever come to witness in person in my life. Um, next, we play Costa Rica, and then after that, we play Mexico. We will be playing Costa Rica and Mexico both at home. All right, against Costa Rica, what are your thoughts on the squad? Yeah, well, uh, Canada squad looks great, less banged up than it was in October. Obviously, October was a rough window we did a really good job but injury wise it was fantastic with what we had yeah it was a tough one it was a tough one and um i'm the only big injury is uh junior hoylet but other than that everyone's there everyone's good to go they don't have they have less yellow cards uh than they did in going into the october window which is great yeah so this in terms of the strength of the squad especially with this being only a two-game window this is um, really almost as good as it gets. So, yeah, I'm really happy with the squad. Fonzie's coming home and uh, looks good. You're always excited to see Fonzie, eh? Every Canadian fan should be. How big of an opportunity is this window? Do you think since we'll be playing Mexico, this is an opportunity to just get the three points against Costa Rica? Or do you think we should be... Because we are playing in Edmonton. And by the way, for those who don't know, in Canada, it's already starting to be freezing. Here in Toronto, it's pretty cold as is. So I can't even imagine Edmonton. Do you think we'll have the advantage of it, of Mexico not being used to that? Or do you think we can still expect maybe a challenge and maybe even a loss? Well, Mexico is always a, a challenge, 100%. Um, I, I, I think this is a, an, an incredible opportunity. Um, this uh, Canada are the only team in this process to have an international window where they don't have to travel. Yeah. So every other, which is great. Yeah. Every other seven, all, all the other seven teams have to travel in this window and every other window, Canada get this window with no travel, just home games. Yeah. Which is a big opportunity. We know the advantage of home games in CONCACAF and in Edmonton, um, where obviously the weather isn't good. Well, isn't good. It's cold. And, you know, you're playing on a turf field, which isn't ideal. But the big advantage for Canada is they the players arrived on Monday, so they get this whole week to prepare. Plus, they get the game against Costa Rica to experience it before Mexico. Whereas Mexico plays in the U.S. and then will arrive on the weekend. Canada has almost a week up on them in terms of preparation in that environment. So... Because you do have to remember, too, like these Canadian players, a lot of them haven't played in this environment as much either. So, yeah, but we we got the we got the experience from the last few days even. And we'll continue to have the experience for this whole international window. 
Exactly, right? Canada gets the advantage of having just this week to to prepare for Costa Rica and even more time to prepare for Mexico. That's a big advantage. And, and that, along with not having um, to do uh, any travel and only having two games and being able to play really your best 11 in both games, th- those are massive advantages with, uh, you know, it's rumored that over 40,000 people are going to be in Commonwealth uh, Friday night and, and Tuesday night. This is a serious opportunity. If Canada get six points from these two games, we are getting very close. Like, Canada can create some distance here between themselves and the rest of the pack. So th- this is a big opportunity for Canada. They could put themselves in really good position going into those last six games, which are a pretty tough last six games, four away games. For sure. So, yes, there. What Adam is talking about, by the way, is there is three more international windows, and, and this one will have two, and the next two will have three each. But I completely agree. And on top of the climate change that Mexico has to undergo and that, that we'll be pre- uh, prepped for is the fact that we even beat – or sorry, we didn't beat no, – obviously not. We tied Mexico 1-1 in the Azteca in their home court. You know what I mean? So this is a wonderful opportunity, I almost – as ideal as that can get so definitely we should be optimistic but you don't want to jinx it um and yeah they they will be ready for costa rica because they've been prepping since monday uh as somebody who plays uh soccer even now the cold weather can make a huge difference it's hard it's honestly harder to breathe it affects your athleticism a little bit um but if you're ready for it if you get used to it it makes a huge difference so Something to look forward to. Um, what can we expect from Costa Rica, though? How have they been playing this international uh, CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers? Yeah, so I think I think with Costa Rica, I've I've felt this really over the past two three years. I think they're I don't know if I mentioned this before on here, but I, I think they're a pretty uh, aging group. I I think Costa Rica are aging uh the next generation after that wonderful generation that did so well to make um a couple world cups and get to that world cup uh, quarterfinal in brazil in 2014 uh, this team has aged and they haven't quite a lot of them are still there and they haven't quite found the, the next guys to step up and that's a little bit of a problem I, I think, and I, I, my gut feeling from two years ago, and I still believe that, is that they probably won't qualify. I think they could, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I think they're, they're in for, well, it's already been, they haven't been off to a great start. They're four points behind Canada right now, sitting in fifth, uh, two points back of uh, fourth place Panama, but it hasn't been the greatest of starts and I don't know I don't think they'll be top three I think the best they can do is fourth I think I think Panama has a serious shot at third uh, to rival Canada but Costa Costa Rica I think have definitely aged and that next generation hasn't come yet so I I, I think with Canada one thing to watch out for Costa Rica because of 
what I'm talking about. When I don't think Costa Rica wants, especially these away games for them, to be very transitional. They don't want it to be open. Because if they're open, teams like Canada, teams like the U.S. with Pulisic and uh, whatnot, and, and the Mexicans with their electric front three and some of the speed Jamaica can, can pose, if, if games are wide open, you know, a lot of these teams will probably punish Costa Rica. So I expect Costa Rica to be a little bit more defensive. I could be wrong, but I think a little bit more defensive, um, try to frustrate Canada, slow the game down, hit them on counterattack, set pieces, um, that sort of thing. Their team, one thing with that Costa Rica really has going for them and, and why I'm not going to count them out. My gut feeling is that I don't think they're going to be very successful in this qualifiers, but it's obviously nowhere near done yet. They still have a chance and they have a lot more know-how than a lot of these other teams do. They know how to do this. They know how to go away from home in difficult environments and get results. So that's one thing to watch out for too. This could be a very CONCACAF-esque smash and grab performance from Costa Rica. And that's what Canada's got to be beware of, I think. For sure. I, th- I completely agree. This is... I remember watching Costa Rica in some of the World Cups when I was growing up in the 2000s even. And, you know, they were, they were a pretty good team. They could compete with some, some other countries in the World Cup, but this definitely isn't the Costa Rica that the, was the Costa Rica I knew growing up. So hopefully this shouldn't be the worst opportunity to get a win in the international break. But, you know... I'll look forward to it with a hopeful eye, but we'll see what happens. Um, what do you think Canada needs to do, though, to win? And also, now that we they've announced who's coming for the international window for Canada, right? So what do you think our squad prediction will be after you answer what we should expect? Yeah, so um, just some big news um, before we get into that. Um, Costa Rica's best player, Kaylor Navas, three-time Champions League winner with Real Madrid, now with Paris Saint-Germain, he is injured. And, yeah, and if When was you, that announced? Um, a couple of days ago, they announced that he wouldn't be uh, on international break. No That's way. huge. Uh, yeah, I watched Costa Rica's game at San Pedro Sula in uh, Honduras, and he saved them. I, it was save after save a couple... Uh, Navas is a wonderful player. Yeah, he is. He's he's one of the best players in CONCACAF, the best goalkeeper by landslide. Top end talent for sure. Yeah, yeah. this this guy is wonderful. Um, so that that's a big miss for Costa Rica because he he gets them out of a, a lot of holes. Um, so I I I don't want to play down Costa Rica because. If, if anything, we should probably be playing them up because they may not look the greatest on paper compared to years ago. But like I said, they do have quite a bit of experience at this level. And do, yeah, they do have players like Brian Ruiz, like um, uh, Campbell up top that, that can make a difference. So Canada will, will have to be wary. And really, the pressure is on Canada to go out and get that win. So... Um, Costa Rica definitely doesn't have as much pressure as Canada does in this game. In terms of what to expect from Canada, I I, I think Canada's got to gotta beat them with their pace out wide, with Buchanan, with Davies. For sure. I mean, in, in those wide areas, if Canada can, can get um, 
players like Buchanan one-on-one um, and and really get David and Laren involved. I thought Laren was an absolutely big miss last window. Um, and I think David really, I, I remember mentioning this last month in terms of David really benefiting having Laren alongside him. Uh, I think they work well together. I think we miss Laren. I think he's a real focal point. And his just presence in that 18-yard box is is awesome. So, um, and I think he combines with Davies too a lot. Which, he does. Yeah, which is great. Yes. So he's back. And I, I expect Canada to, to really dominate proceedings. You know here. who else is back that I'm really excited for? Borjan. Let's go. <laughs> Borjan's back, guys. Nothing against Crapo. The guy's great. He's definitely not Crapo. But Borjan, that's my man. Yeah, we missed him. And Atiba's back too. So yep. Yeah, I I'm I'm excited. I think At Hutchinson, Captain Level Energy. Yep. I and by the way, if Atiba plays both of these da- games, he will um pass Julian de Guzman is Canada's all-time cap leader. Wow. That's very impressive yeah, for him. So, You got to love it. You got to love seeing the squad back home. Yes, yes. And to, I think to so we can move on to Mexico here, I think this is a must-win against Costa Rica. Um, Costa Rica are a good team. They, uh, they definitely have a, have a shot um, at, at this. Uh, I think... They're very, they're very capable of, of finding their way into a World Cup. They've shown that. So uh, a team with plenty of experience and a tough team to beat. So, yeah, um, tough game, but I expect Canada to dominate proceedings, to have a lot of the ball, to dominate those midfield areas, and to hopefully hurt them with their pace in wide areas. For sure. Just to quickly end this off, I think... Personally, what Canada needs to do, I think they need to play the way they've been playing, the way they played last game for sure. Drive it down the wing. Uh, we've seen a lot of open wings the, this international, in any international game ever, honestly. Drive it down the wing and play those through balls. Through balls are also key, especially with Davies. But yeah. For sure, now that we have our squad, this should be a must win, and I'm excited to see this game happen. And it happens this Friday, by the way. So definitely stay tuned for that. But Canada versus Mexico, the more exciting of the two games, the scarier one, at least. Once again, we play in Commonwealth Edmonton, which is great because, as we mentioned, we'll be playing on the same turf this whole international break. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, but I, I, I still stick with my opinion. This is and I think will be Canada's best chance at beating Mexico. Um, they are obviously the top dogs of this CONCACAF group, um, tournament. What can we expect from the game? Yeah, well, I totally agree. This is, you know, we went down to the Azteca and got a point. We played in Texas, which is basically a home game for Mexico, and lost to a 99th minute uh, winner from Hector Herrera. Oh, that, I was so devastated when I saw yeah. that. And, and again, that was without Davies, David, and Laren. Um, th- this is a-, a massive opportunity. This this could be one of the greatest wins in Canadian soccer history. Obviously, Mexico 
in my opinion, Mexico come into every game in this region as favorites. Um, but this is a tight one. This is this the can Mexico aren't big favorites in this game. This is very close to I, I have the feeling that's very close to a 50-50. I still think Mexico, you know, with the experience what they, they have, that with the squad they have, I mean that they they can go into difficult conditions and and show that they're not really phased, so you got to give them the respect they deserve. Uh, but if I, I just think that at home in Edmonton, with Mexico having to travel, Canada getting the week to prepare, um, Canada unleashing Davies, Buchanan, David, uh, uh, in Edmonton, this group has no fear. We saw him go to Azteca with no fear. This, this Canada team is going to look to have Mexico on their heels, dominate that midfield, and and have the lion's share of possession. Definitely. That's the mindset uh, Herdman will, will have these guys. And what 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 a game. What a game it's, it's going to be. I think Costa Rica is the bigger game because that's a must-must win. But honestly... I'd be very disappointed if we lost against Mexico. I I want at least a point from this game. A point would be a good result. But at home, I'd love to see three. I, I expect something from this game. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, what do you think we can expect from this game, though? Well, I think... as I Well, I, I basically said what I think Canada... Canada are going to go out, I think, all guns blazing. Um, they're going to go for it. They're going to go for it. I, I don't see... Any other way John Herdman would approach a Canada home game in front of 40-plus thousand uh, fans. Uh, so um, one one actually thing I want to point out is would it be in... It, it would be so incredible, all right? Tell me if you agree with this. If we had... You know, we often play Davies and Buchanan on one on the left, one on the right. What if... We played them on the same side. Buchanan higher with Davies. Yeah. Winger and wing yeah, back. Davies as the fullback overlapping. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Buchanan, the type of energy or the level, he, like the way he plays, it's completely winger energy. I don't see, like, I, I, I see how he can be playing as a wing back, and he's done a formidable job. He's honestly been great. But the way he plays, he, like, naturally goes up top. That's, like, his space, you know? Because he's fast. Um, we saw him score a beautiful goal. He has some wonderful crosses, and he's always there somehow in the box when the ball's when the ball's being delivered into the eighteen yard. He finds his way there. I think naturally he thinks like a th- uh, winger more than he does a wing back. So I would I I completely agree with you. I think that's a great decision to make for Canada. Yeah, I think that would be absolutely nasty to see Buchanan and Davies on the same side. That Who would you see as the other wing back then? The right wing well, back, I guess. Yeah, because you do need some sort of balance. I love seeing Larea on the other side. I would have said Larea as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and I mean, again, that's the thing that was so brilliant about this Canada team is the depth, the versatility. Herdman has the option, right, of it, opponents don't really know where Davies is going to line up. They don't really know where Buchanan is going to line up. And Herdman could kind of roll the dice a little and, and give... Uh, some teams something that they haven't seen before and something that they maybe wouldn't really expect because they haven't seen before which is to put Davies and Buchanan on the same side 
which would I think would be really cool to see. And and uh, so I mean that that was just something I thought of, and I wonder if Canada will do it at some point. Maybe they won't, but I would love to see it personally. I I agree. It'd be fun, but. Yes, so I expect Canada to go to go all out to be on the front foot, pressing Mexico, tight midfield, Estacio, Tiba dominating those midfield areas, and uh, and Canada hopefully hurting them, like we always say with their pace out wide. Yep, I'm gonna love to see our three three superstars again after their last performance to see him playing in Canada again. Oh. What a miracle to have these top end, this top end talent in Canada for soccer. We're not like talking about hockey or anything, by the way. Everybody listening, we're talking about soccer. Isn't this crazy? We're talking about the World Cup and Canada. Never thought I'd hear those two words in the, or whatever in the same sentence. But yeah, uh, we talked about the fact that Canada won't have to travel either. That's obviously going to benefit them. Yeah, and uh, Mexico go to the U.S. first. Uh, so that's a pretty draining game as always. But yeah, I think I I think with uh, Mexico, this is... Um, I, I, it's a really big opportunity because, you know, we've played them twice pretty much on their turf and, and uh, we haven't won. Uh, but this time it's on our turf. Uh, you know, this time we can control the environment and the conditions. So th- this is a a big opportunity. And I think any uh, anything out of this game would be a really good result. This is a really big opportunity to win, though, against Mexico. And like I said, this is a massive window because you beat Costa Rica, you're opening up a seven-point gap between yourself and Costa Rica, which is big. For sure. Right? That's huge. And then... That's a big third place placement. Yeah, and then um, if you beat Mexico too, if you get six points, we're we're getting there, and we might even be second after that. Actually, yeah. Yeah, we could if U.S. drop a result. Yeah, so like this this window, my expectation is four points minimum. If we get if we beat Costa Rica and draw Mexico, I'm happy with that. I would love to get six though. I would love to four. Would be great, but I'd love to get six. Imagine we draw Costa Rica and beat Mexico. I thought about that the other day, and I, I'd i be kind of confused. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the world's just turning upside down. But, no, you mentioned the fact that Mexico will be playing in uh, USA first before they come here in Canada. And that reminded me. Um, that's another, actually, what I'm about to say, that's another reason why we have the up, upper hand here. Um, so, obviously, USA... Like, USA are said to be, and I'm saying this with air quotes, the better team, the favorites over Canada. Um, So I want to know, do you think, I want to hear both sides of this. Do you think Mexico goes with um, playing their, because it's going to be hard to play in this small international window, two games with all your players playing all 90 minutes. So do you think they go with their higher talent against USA? And and try to save whatever they can for Canada. Do you think they just go both at high end talent for both, or what do you think their strategy is? And then same for Canada. What do you think ours is? Do you think we go all out 
against uh, Mexico and maybe save a little against Costa Rica? Or do you think we go all out on both? Whatever, you know? Yeah, I think for Canada, it's pretty easy. We don't have to travel. It's only two games. I think we go all out in both. Um, I think for Mexico, it's interesting. Uh, The travel is definitely a factor. The benefit for them is that it is only a two-game window. Um, Yes. I think they're going to go with a strong lineup in both games, Mexico. I think they're going to play a similar 11 in both games. If they have to decide between a couple players, though, they will pick the better player for the U.S., I think. Just because of the rivalry between yeah, those which two is great teams. for us too. Yeah, I guess. Beating beating USA and then giving us an opportunity to beat them, I think that's a great opportunity to even come in second. So, uh, but yeah. Anything else you'd like to mention about these upcoming Costa Rica and Mexico games? Not really. I'm looking forward to it. I think we got everything. And just in jump on the wagon i'm telling you just of course we got to get more people on this wagon like i think i think we're slowly increasing just because people are starting to realize oh wait canada's doing it but anybody in alberta go watch the game live why not yeah exactly support canada watch that game friday night and watch that game tuesday night just enjoy this yeah all right this is it'll be on uh, one soccer but definitely a wagon to hop on yeah Let's get this win, boys. All right. Hopefully wins over Costa Rica and Mexico, which could take us closer to Qatar. And the road to Qatar continues. Yes, the road to Qatar. So we will be back next week to recap both of these international games against Costa Rica and Mexico. And then we will also be previewing some more big Chelsea games coming up. Like I said, Leicester and so on. And I think that's all from both of us. So thank you for listening and peace.